Well, kia ora and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Destinate NZ podcast. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going rogue. It's been a huge week for our industry again this week with the Strategic Tourism Asset Protection Program funding grants announced. Now at this stage, we've only heard about 51 of the 126 businesses awarded any funding. We figure they're still working through the agreements, etc. Now I'm not going to begrudge any of the successful applicants their grant. I truly am thrilled for them all. But what has frustrated me through this process is the complete lack of transparency and the inconsistency of how this funding is being applied. Let's start with the media release dropped at 5am on a Saturday morning. What's that all about? Are the politicians scared of the feedback? This to me is a really cynical move when it clearly was ready to go on a Friday afternoon. But no, Let's release it when no business reporters are at work to analyse or report on it. And no one's even online to read it. Then there's the change away from granting huge amounts of money. $4 million to Itomo, up to $10 million for AJ Hackett, and $1.5 million for Kaikoro Whale Watch. Now some of this money is in loan options, I'll give you that. And they're all amazing businesses who have helped put New Zealand tourism on the map for sure. But the latest funding round has capped all grants now at $500,000 and applications are topped up with low interest loans. When asked why Minister Davis said things had changed considerably in recent weeks, especially in relation to the likelihood of a trans-Tasman bubble, and they wanted to help as many businesses as possible. In his words, this is about keeping the business open and keeping staff employed until things pick up. Okay, so this is a viable explanation, if it were fairly allocated across our entire sector. And does this mean it's no longer about strategic tourism assets? You only had to look at the original definition of what a strategic tourism asset was. And that's an asset is likely to be considered strategic and eligible for the STAP if it is is a nationally and or internationally recognised and is a key attraction for New Zealand or a region of New Zealand, and is responsible for significant visitation to the region where it's located, and in its absence, visitation to the region would be significantly diminished, and generates significant spillover benefits to the region where it's located. Now, spillover benefits to the community, regional or New Zealand, means that the benefits of the tourism asset are shared with other businesses, including non-tourism businesses. You may recall Finance Minister Grant Robertson committed the government to supporting viable but vulnerable businesses in the May budget. Okay, so where do inbound operators fit? They are solely reliant on international visitation. That's their model. They are the link between the offshore wholesaler and consumer and the New Zealand travel industry. And they are viable long-term businesses if they can survive until the borders reopen. Under the STAP criteria, they also said that intangible assets, for example, intellectual property, can be considered eligible if they fit into the three asset categories. And I'd argue that inbound operators fall under either access and or services assets. 
It's incredibly naive, and that's my nice word for the tourism minister, to state that if you're totally reliant on the international market, you need to pivot or die. I'm paraphrasing, but this has been his message all the way through this. There's simply not enough business in domestic tourism for inbound operators to pivot to this. And we all know that domestic travellers are highly unlikely to use the trade to book. The government are now saying they cannot support every business to pre-COVID levels. Well, I'm pretty connected with the inbound market. I sit on the board of the Tourism Export Council, and whilst this podcast is purely my own views, not once have I heard any of them ask for support to pre-COVID levels. It's pretty clear to me that all inbound operators have started downsizing. They've let some of their really great people go. As they can see, it'll be a really long time before the borders open. How long? Well, we don't know, as there's no plan. We finally got a glimmer of hope from the Prime Minister earlier this week when she said Australia would need to go 28 days without community transmission before we considered opening to them. Well, that's something at least. But let's not forget that inbound operators still have business on their books. They are still busy rescheduling bookings for later this year and without a clear guideline from the government on when the borders will open or even how long they will remain closed for that matter, they are doing their utmost to keep travellers interested in coming to New Zealand, even if it means deferring until the following year. So all of this work for absolutely zero income. If our inbound operators fall over, who does all of this work? It's not a Tourism New Zealand job. And wholesalers are unlikely to want to start contracting thousands of products themselves. It may just end up being too hard and they focus their efforts on other countries. A very wise industry friend said the other day that saving the attractions and not inbound operators was like having a party without sending out any invites. And he's right. There needs to be a distribution channel for the international markets to transact business with New Zealand operators. And this isn't something that can happen overnight. We can't just let every IBO fail and then start again in 12 to 24 months from scratch. These commercial relationships are built up over years of travelling offshore and doing business together. Now the inbound industry has come a long way even in my 25 years in tourism and I'm fearful of what might happen if we lose too many operators. We've seen cowboys come and go and do incredible damage by not paying their bills and providing a really crappy experience for their customers, all resulting in damage to our reputation as a destination. I know that I don't want to see them make a comeback in the future. The Tourism Export Council is celebrating their 50th anniversary next year. Yep, 50 years of inbound tourism. Inbound operators are not fly-by-nighters. For an organisation to survive that long, it needs to serve a purpose. And clearly it does. Membership has never been stronger. How many tourism attractions can claim 50 years in business? How many of these strategic tourism assets can claim that? Again, I'm not having a crack at the attractions. I think it's amazing that they've been given a lifeline. I'm just really concerned that we haven't offered the same lifeline to the businesses that have helped grow these attractions over many years. I'm wondering if Minister Davis was expecting some backlash from the industry. After all, there was a headline in the announcement specifically relating to inbound tour operators. Initially, I got excited. We'd been given hope that there'd be some help coming and then you read the details and it's a $20 million bucket for loans. 
Now, the terms of these loans are not yet clear, and I'm pretty sure that it's almost impossible to take on more debt when you literally have no income to pay it back. This would be far more effective to be converted to grants, to be used for international marketing when the borders reopen, to switch back on trade with our overseas wholesale partners. This would keep people in jobs, relationships nurtured, and no doubt would result in visitors being here on day one of the borders reopening. So Minister Davis, if you're listening, I urge you to reconsider and remember who you'll be saving. These inbound operators are the trailblazers of our industry. They're often the first ones in market and well before Tourism New Zealand, building networks and relationships and demand for holidays to New Zealand. We've seen it happen in South America, Russia, the Middle East and India, to name a few. It was the inbound operators who were there first. They are the ones to introduce us, the activity and service providers, to the international markets and facilitate business between us. We simply cannot thrive as an industry without them and we need them to survive. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, kakite.